HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Washington Wine. Download the Map My Washington Wine app. It's Map My W-A Wine and get all the Washington Wine right in your hand. Washington Wine, this is now. Welcome to The Grape Nation, your weekly wine journey. Our guest is Tiffany Britton. We'll talk to Tiffany about Washington State Wines, her new winery, and the Alliance. I'm your host, Sam Ben Ruby. Stay with us for The Grape Nation on the Heritage Radio Network. We bring wine to the people. Tiffany Britton cut her teeth at various Washington State wineries and is now the proprietor and winemaker at Brainstorm Cellars in West Richland in Washington State. She started Brainstorm with her partner, Eric Williams, in 2020. Their goal is to do wine different, making it fun, easy, and delicious. Tiffany is also the president of the Alliance of Women in Washington Wine, an organization dedicated to advocate for women in the wine industry in Washington. Welcome to the Grape Nation, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. Um, we're talking to Tiffany remotely via Zencaster online. Tiffany, where are you right now physically? I am in my living room. Okay, where? <laughs> in West Richland, Washington. Okay, and just, so we're talking about Washington State, great wine making uh, state. Where is, um, what is it, West Richland? Where is that, you know, in uh, the West state? West Richland is basically right at the base of Red Mountain. Um, okay. Red Mountains in between Benton City and West Richland, and we're just five minutes away from Red Mountain. Okay. All right. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff, but before we get into that, I want you to give us a brief background on your journey in life and wine that got you to brainstorm and to becoming the president of the Alliance of Women in Washington Wine. You know, tell me... Give me an idea of how you got here. Uh, well, I mean, if I start at the beginning, I was... Well, don't uh, start from kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Make it come with the more wine-centric beginnings and get me up to the current. Well, I had no background in wine whatsoever. Um, I grew up on a ranch, and I uh, ended up uh, trying to do viticulture, to do uh, veterinary tech in college, and I realized that that wasn't going to work for my sensitive emotions. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I started taking a bunch of ag classes and I needed like an extra class. And there was uh, Welcome to Washington Wines. And I immediately fell in love. Um, I didn't drink wine. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't actually like it. But so I then what, what was the with... initial attraction? It's like... <laughs> That sounds cool, but why if you really had no background? Well, I was looking for something agricultural. Um, okay. I, I come from Fair. a background of farmers and homesteaders. Okay. So making something with my hands has always been a part of my life. And 
I of course thought that was really cool. Um, the science, the technology, the tradition, the history, um, the fact that you can get real dirty and then get dressed up and go pour fancy wines, you know, all of those things wrapped up in one career. Um, my ADD said, do it because you're never going to get bored. Yeah, I agree. And so I was hooked right away. All right. So where do you take it from there? Um, well, uh, before that class was even over, I, uh, enrolled in all the rest of the viticulture Enology classes at, uh, Yakima Valley college. I was the first person there to graduate with that, um, with a vineyard technology degree. Wow. I immediately went and got a job at a boutique winery. Um, I needed a little bit more than that. I went to university at, uh, Washington state university and got my bachelor's degree, um, and I continued to work in the wine industry any break that I got from college. And uh, I came back to West Richland, actually. Um, and I've been in West Richland ever since. That was 2011. Wow. Um, and I've worked pretty much every single job in production since then. Right. Now, well, you said earlier you grew up on a farm in yeah. Washington. Yeah. Um, in in the area you're around now? Yeah, in the Yakima Valley. Okay. Um, my my mom and my stepdad, I lived with them in Yakima on a cattle ranch, and my dad has a dryland wheat farm in eastern Oregon. Wow, that's real ag, man. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's get back to the wine thing. So yeah. what was... When did you realize, I mean, you said you did every produ production job, you know, when did you realize that, you know, after doing everything, um, you got to take this to the next step and what was it? Well, I never really wanted to make wine for myself. I'm not much of a gambler. Um, but at my last job in the wine industry, I was given the opportunity to make three tons of or grapes into wine. And, um, I was like, well, I have this opportunity. I better make the best of it. And um, meaning your own project, not, yep. you know, for right. And yep. when was this? So that was the harvest of 2019. Okay. And is that, is that the beginnings of your current wine company? Yes, that is. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that um, in a few seconds. Um, and then I want to talk to you about the Alliance of Women in Washington Wine. Um, I want to talk about Washington State, you know, as a wine state a little. Um, you know, it's always been old, known for big, bold Cabernet Sauvignons. You know, when people think of Washington State, they think of the Quilcitas and the Leonettis and all those guys. Um, are you starting to see more of a diversification in varietals? You know, not just the Cab Sov. I mean, I know you're doing it and we'll talk about it. But I mean, is the state going in that direction? Well, honestly, um, Washington is like geographically extremely diverse and the diversity in Washington wine's always been a thing. It's a issue that we've tried to find. What is our what defines us? And I think what defines Washington State is its diversity. We have very cool climate areas on the west side of the state, um, and then because of the Cascades, everything eastern of the Cascades is a little bit desert. And um, we have high elevation, low elevations. We have um, an insane array of geological um, diversity. The, what you can make in Washington State is fantastic. And we are seeing a lot of really new varietals come in that we haven't seen before. Um, currently, I think we're... We were around like 80 plus varietals grown in Washington state. And I think that's continuing to grow more. Right. Um, what, um, but I'm not wrong that 
people. Cabernet is king. Yeah. I mean, there's no, I mean, you could even say that about Napa too, even though, you know, there's a diversity. What are the varietals? You know, is it typical after Cab, you know, is it like Chardonnay and then Merlot and Pinot Noir? Or is it almost, you know, like Oregon where some of the whites, like Rieslings and all that are playing in? You know, what are some of the varietals that you're seeing, you know, being grown and farmed and even being vinted? Um, Some of the big ones are, of course, Cab and Chardonnay. Um, Riesling used to be really big. Uh, it's starting to fall out a little bit, but it kind of like as it declines, it kind of comes back a little bit and then and then goes and then comes back a little bit. Right. Um, some amazing Rieslings are made in the Yakima Valley. <clears throat> Excuse right. Me. Um, but an- other varieties that are fantastic from this area are like Syrah is awesome and definitely is one of those that shows um your terroir of your vineyard really well as well as sangiovese is pretty common now um we're seeing a lot more grenache and maved come in Um, right um so a little bit of everything but mm -hmm. i think you are right i think if you had to uh you know, go beyond Cabernet Sauvignon, you know, you'd look at a Syrah. I mean, look at like a Cayuse or somebody, you know, what, what they've done with Syrah, and, you know, the amount they're making, the diversity, you know, the recognition they're getting. Um, so let's talk about Brainstorm a little. Um, you opened in 2020 technically, and you just released your first vintage. Um, If we go backwards in our discussion, you talked about somebody gave you a bunch of grapes to do your own project and make wine. That, you confirm, was the beginning of Brainstorm Cellars? Yeah, I I think the idea had been there a little bit before. It was one of those, I guess, pipe dreams that we would sit around and chit-chat about when we were having a couple of beers. Um, but when we got, I got the opportunity to actually do it. Um, we did develop a business plan. And then in March of last year, that business plan was immediately thrown out the window. <laughs> Surprisingly. Because of COVID. Because so, of COVID, yeah. You know, for a year and a half, I've been asking my guests what effects have COVID had on your winery, on your import business, on your restaurant, on your career. You know, with you you were ready to get up and running. I mean, the plan was last year you were going to hatch and launch the winery. Yeah, that was going to be, you know, my side project. And I wasn't in a huge rush because the wine was in barrels. I, but, uh, in March last year, I lost that job and I kind of panicked (laughs) Uh, but within about four days, I had my business license and we had constructed a new business plan that has changed like 10 times so far. <laughs> now, obviously, business plans change, but yeah. I mean, do they change? I mean, half because of COVID and the other half because you're always learning new things or you have to pivot. I mean, why so much change? I think a little bit of both. Right. Um, there's this the business side of the industry. I mean, I know how to make wine. I know how to grow grapes. Um, I don't know anything. Well, I guess I do now (laughs) about licensing and regulations and that the business side of things. So there were some ideas that we had business related that didn't work out once you figured out what the actual rules were. (laughs) Right. Um, And then a lot of it was COVID. Um, A lot of things had to be pushed back and it was kind of meant like a realization that, you know, certain ideas that we had needed to be more flexible. And, you know, so we have like just a general idea and then a bunch of backup plans. Right. Now, I mentioned in the opening, you know, you're partnered with Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are still together. Yep. And yep. 
what what does Eric do? I mean, we know from talking to you already your expertise and that you're even learning. Where does Eric, you know, help uh, propel the project? Um, emotional support. Okay. <laughs> um, but he his background is in, um, I believe his college degree was journalism and PR. He's been um, running a retail store and doing a lot of the marketing and sales uh, for his family store for 10 years now. Right. So his side is more... Business. Yeah, the more business side of it. And just like me, he's learning a lot too. Um, but between the two of us, I I think that we have a, a fighting chance. So this is, you know, it's a sweet story because this is really the makings of, you know, a homegrown small winery um, that you know, was in the thought process in the making and, you know, typically like everyone else got whacked, you know, by COVID and all of that. Um, now you, you said earlier, and I'm just a teeny bit confused, but help me. You said that some wine came upon you and you were able to make it. Were, were you shopping for wine, you know, for the project or, you know, somebody said, listen, I have extra juice or do you want this? I mean, how did that, you know, original, you know, wine, you know, come about? Um, it was actually um, a part of a negotiation for the last job that I had. Okay. It was built into my um, benefits package. Okay. It was something I was like, you know what? So you knew, you knew it could come or it would come based yeah. on, okay. Yeah. Um, was the timing right or you were still stuck in the COVID, you know, problem there? Well, so I was started working there um, harvest of 2019. Okay. And so um, we didn't we didn't know about COVID yet, and um, I just assumed that I you know we could be making there, which is no longer an option. So you know that's one of the pivots we had to make right away when COVID hit. Right. Um, and. Um, I don't know. We, that was just a part of like, so it was kind of, you know, I got to do it while I was at work. Right. Yeah. Did, so we, I think we talked offline a little. I mean, you don't have a physical winery nope. and you don't even have a permanent um, winemaking facility. So for this first vintage of wine, where did you in fact make it? So we did make it there. At, okay. Um, my previous employers um i made some at another previous employers okay uh, <laughs> so my 2020 <laughs> whites we made pumped around yeah in uh in zilla which is quite a a drive when you're trying to handle wine and a full-time job and everything else. far or bumpy or both uh, a little bit of both okay uh, it's, it's just out in zilla it's about an hour and 20 minutes from here right not, not we, fun schlepping grapes, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then we um, we bottled at another old employer of mine. So thank God I've never burned any bridges. <laughs> so going right, going forward, <laughs> are you going to be able to organize and consolidate all of that, or you like doing it that way? Right now, I'm kind of enjoying that because uh, a big part of what we wanted for Brainstorm was for it to be a collaborative experience between right. friends, family, colleagues, and coworkers, um, because wine's not made by one person. And um, one of the, th and we want to, in the spirit of that, be able to showcase kind of the diversity of Washington. And since, um, I don't have my own place. There's going to be, I'd like to work with um, some past or, you know, colleagues that are making their own wine and like work with them on a collaboration and um, do a couple of things like that. I might pick a place that's probably more, more convenient um, in the near future. <laughs> I, I like um, that idea though. I mean, I think it has an effect on, you know, the product because you're touching so many different people and places. It's a really nice idea. Um, you know, we talked about Washington State being, you know, totally associated with Cabernet Sauvignon, but you're even going beyond there. I mean, aren't you making Chenin Blanc and Sangiovese and even Semillon? 
Yeah. Um, did you make those wines in this past vintage? Um, so the 2020 vintage, we did a Sangio, um, okay. a Lemberger, and um, the Chenin Blanc and the Semillon. Okay. Now, I have to keep going back to this. Were those grapes part of the grapes that you got or you sought other grapes too? Nope. Those were from um, a tiny winery out in Zilla. Um, and it's like a completely organic, one person ran vineyard um, that I, I actually got to back in t- 2008. I actually planted those Lemberger vines um, with the wine grower, uh, Paul Vandenberg. Nice. Um, and he said, you know, hey, I've got some grapes. Would you like to make something out of them? And nice. I said, absolutely, I would. Sure. Now, did you select those varietals beyond the fact that they were available, that you like them and, you know, you'd like to work with them? I mean, I'm a big fan of Chenin Blanc. I mean, mm-hmm. are you doing Chenin because you like it? Yeah, Um he actually has quite a few varieties. He has a very small vineyard, but he has quite a few varieties to choose from. And those, I didn't want to get too crazy and, and pick more than four. Um, but yeah, those were my top four picks for right. what I wanted to make this year. Um, so I guess based on the way you're doing stuff, it begs to ask, you know, how does the 21 vintage look and what kind of wines and varietals are you hoping to make? Um, we want to keep a Sangio on the list. Um, at this point, we are just talking to some people, uh, harvest kind of snuck up real fast. If Mm. I don't know if you've seen, but people people are are picking already. already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we don't have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time. So um, wait, you, you didn't have a ton of stuff in place, you're saying? No. You're, go- we, you're going out to see what you can grab. Yeah. We, okay. We decided to kind of stop looking too far ahead simply for the fact that we're brand new to this and we kind of need to take a step back and do one step at a time. Right. And like I said, we both have full-time jobs um, right. that are not wine-related. Which, right. you know, so we, we definitely had to, okay, we need to do this one step at a time so we're doing everything right. And uh, is, it, is it your aspirations to be a full-time, you know, winemaker owner? Yeah. Um, okay. I, it might take us several years, um, but uh, that is, that's my goal. Okay. I would love to do that. I like that. Um, you mentioned something that I liked hearing. I think when you talked about, you know, I think it was the shin and um, that you were dealing with a guy that, you know, was organic. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. What's your philosophy or what are your practices? I mean, do you only want to work with organic growers or biodynamic or, you know, guys that do it but aren't necessarily you know, certified, but it's obvious. I mean, is that important to you? Um, I think most important to me is sustainability. Tell Um, me how you define the difference. And the sustainability is just being responsible in your use of your chemistries, um, in your use of your water, um, the amount of times that you run a tractor over your ground. Right. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done canopy management style or canopy management wise that you don't need, you know, that extra spray. Um, and those are the growers that I'm kind of looking for. Um, I also, there's a lot of larger growers and you have to take into, um, the equation you have to take into uh, like workers rights and, um, you know, you have to put that into that sustainability equation. Yeah. Right. And so those are all kind of things that I'd like to look at, like the full picture. Organic is really great. Um, There's, you know, and like, I don't know, there's some chemicals that organic farmers use that I do not, uh, I don't approve of. Um, But for the most part, I think that organic farmers in our area, 
try not to utilize any if they possibly can. Right. Um, now, some so, region, some regions, it's tougher to grow grapes than others because of moisture, mold. Mm-hmm. I mean, where does Washington State fit in? I mean, do people who don't care are they forced to use chemicals because it's wet, or they don't have to because it's dry? I mean, what's the general, or at least you know where you're growing grapes? What's the general need? Um, a lot of what is needed is. Um, to spray for predatory bugs uh, or not predatory bugs, but, um, advantageous bugs. Um, and to spray for, uh, powdery mildew, honestly, those are two of the biggest problems. Um, and powdery mildew is one that you can, um, there's a lot of different methods to deal with it. And there's a lot of soft chemistries that can be utilized as well as your canopy management, um, right. so it's, it's a lot of like the, the best way to maintain, um, a sustainable vineyard is, I guess I'll go back to what my grandpa used to say is the farmer's footsteps are the best fertilizer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> grandpa knows better than, uh, the generations after him. That's the way everyone's <laughs> going back to. Um, are there any concerns for you or in the area of fires in Washington State? Are there any fires? You know, um, that was me knocking, knocking on, wood. on wood. Good for you. Uh, so Washington, <laughs> Washington, it hasn't been an issue. I don't well, want to say yet. It depends on where you're at because okay. um, I think up towards the Chelan area, there have been right. a lot of fires. I actually have a friend who's a wildlife manager up there, and he's been dealing with a lot of fires in the last month. I know that they've been sneaking up closer and closer to the Chelan uh, ABA. I'm not sure that it's caused, um, that there's been enough of a problem to cause any smoke taint um, concerns this year. Right. Um, but there have been, um, you know, I mean, most of Oregon's been on fire. I know. Almost all of the summer. I know. Um, but we crazy. normally get all of the smoke that comes down from Canada instead of up from Oregon. So right. we're we're in a good place so far. I'm glad to hear that because um, it's been tough for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiffany, we have to take a quick break. Um, when we when we come back, I want to talk to you about the Alliance of Women in Washington Wine. That sounds like some great work. I want some people... I want people to know more about it. Um, I want to subject you to our wine list, which I'll tell you about when we get back. Um, we're talking to Tiffany Britton. Tiffany is the proprietor of her own winery, Rainstorm, and she is the president um, of the Alliance for Women in Washington Wine. You're listening to The Grape Nation. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the wine the world is talking about, Washington Wine. From its one-of-a-kind landscapes to a statewide culture of craft and innovation, Washington is made to make wine. That's why winemakers from around the globe are coming to Washington to set up shop and why 90-point wines are practically falling from the skies. Ready to sip for yourself? August is Washington Wine Month, meaning it's the perfect time to explore some wineries, 1,050 and counting, and try some of today's most exciting wines. The new Map My Washington Wine app makes it easier than ever, too. You can get to know all the wineries, tasting rooms, and vineyards, find nearby events, customize your ultimate wine trip, and more. Download the free Map My Washington Wine app. That's Map My WA Wine and get all of Washington wine right in your hand. Washington wine, this is now. Okay, we're back. We're back with my guest, Tiffany Britton. We're talking to Tiffany. Um, Tiffany is in Washington State. Tiffany is making wine in Washington, and Tiffany has also got herself involved in another cause related to wine, 
which sounds terrific, and I want you to talk about it more. Um, you are the president of the Alliance mm -hmm. of Women in Washington Wine. First, tell me about the organization, you know, what it is, what they're doing, and then I want to know how it came about, how you got there. Um, well, we are officially now a nonprofit organization. Um, our goal is pretty simple. It's simple and complicated. Okay. <laughs> um, to Usually. inspire, connect, and advance women in their advocates in the Washington wine industry. Um, we kind of really want to work to make Washington, the Washington wine industry, a leader and an example um, in diversity and equality. Okay. Is, has it been lacking through the years? I mean, maybe things change a little for the better, but this is necessary to bring things where they should be. I think it is. Um, there, I mean, this honestly came about, um, more from a sense of isolation. Uh, you're working alone in a cellar, you're working alone in a vineyard. Um, and I think that a lot of women, because this was started as strictly like women in production. Right. And you're typically the only woman on the team and that can be isolating in and of itself. Right. Um, and so it was just, a, at first it was just like, who's out there? Like, let's reach out and see, you know, is there anything that's needed? And, you know, you hear, like, a lot of people have had really great experiences. There are some stories that are upsetting, but then there's the everyday stuff. And I right. mean, I was listening to uh, a fellow woman in the wine industry talk about hiring interns for Harvest. And she had to have a discussion about, you know, well, if you're going to, if you're going to be hiring girls in a cellar, you better make sure that they can actually lift the stuff. Right. And um, <laughs> it's just one of those conversations we shouldn't be having still. I know. Um, that's the problem. What about, so the organization is a voice. It is mm -hmm. helping um, to keep the industry, you know, going to the path of diversity. Um, I mean, is there, would you say there's enough women in the business, you know, are they representing the business well enough or that needs to really grow too? It needs to grow a lot. Okay. Um, the, the numbers are pretty rough and they're not official, but a, a good portion of, you know, approximately 50% of our graduating classes from all of our different, we have what, four, five uh, or five schools in Washington state that have like wine programs of one type or another. And half are um, women. about 8% from what I I've read about 8% of the winemakers in Washington state are women. Where did all those women go? Um, there's only about 11% right. of the wineries in the state are female owned. Um, with all of these well-educated, like specific for our industry, what are we not doing to promote these women that, you know, went to our universities, that went to our technical schools? Why aren't they staying here? Why aren't they achieving these higher level positions? So you guys are getting into that. You're going to try mm -hmm. to, you know, get recognize these women get them into the business yep. you know if they're going to school and they're coming out you know they're obviously hitting some kind of obstacle um do you feel the culture is still stuck in the past or you see some changes where you know it's becoming less of an issue the way women are perceived in the wine business um i'd say i mean it's changing there are some really strong voices, female voices in the wine industry in Washington state. I, I, I would say that, yes, things are changing, but it's uh, maybe not fast enough. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like one of our goals is not only to promote the women, is also to promote our allies and help them, you know, deal with any issues that they hear 
you know, behind closed doors and hiring meetings and, and situations like that. Um, so that it's a, everybody can work on the issue and not, not just the ladies. I know. Um, what about harassment, sexual harassment? I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, would stand behind, you know, any woman where that was an issue. Is, is it an issue in Washington state wine? It's been an, it's been an issue with sommeliers at restaurants, you know, the court of the master sommeliers basically cleaned house because of that. Um, any of that going on, you know, just in the wineries or in the wine culture in Washington? I mean, my uh, opinion is, of course it is. Right. But and one of the right. things that we have not had, you know, available as females in the industry is somewhere safe to go with issues like that. And so I've not heard of any of these so far. Um, it won't surprise me if we end up being a place where people can come. Yes. We don't have anything set up to be able to do much more than listen at this point in time. It's a good um, first step, though. Yeah. You'll see other people will offer expertise and be able to bring you to the next step and the next step. Yeah. Um, what we want to do is more, you know, I mean, we have actually we're a about to launch our mentorship program. I think that our uh, official paperwork went out today or yesterday. Um, so we have a, an official um, structured mentorship program. Nice. And uh, our scholarship will get announced very shortly. So if people want to find out more information, it's called the Alliance of Women in Washington Wine. Where can they go to get more information or get involved? It is, um, <laughs> there's so many W's in it. I know. Um, <laughs> so it's A-W-W-A-W-I-N-E dot org. Okay, I'm going to post that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know, I post anyway, um, mm -hmm. you know, all the stuff about this show. Um, so this was founded, what, in the past year or so? Um. It, I guess it depends on when. Or really materialized. Yeah, because uh, about, I guess it, oh, it's the 19th. So I'd say about two days ago, it would have been our third anniversary of our very, very first meeting that was um, a winemaker at Goose Ridge, Casey Cobble. She reached out to a bunch of people and said, hey, let's meet up and see where this goes. And after the meeting, I said, hey, do you mind if I take this and just run wild with it? And um, Meaning we, you liked it and you wanted to make more of it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is I, that why you eventually became the president? Yeah, overzealousness, yes. <laughs> Good for you. Well, listen, somebody has to, uh, you know, carry the torch. So... Um, so I think it's a terrific thing, and I hope it becomes a model um, for other, you know, states and organizations. It would be great, you know, keep at it. Um, and like I said, I'll post, um, you know, the website and all of that. Um, one last question, and then I want to subject you to a wine list, which I'll tell you. Ooh, like can I, I can I make a little thing for yes. uh, our our Instagram is going to we're going to do like a big push for uh harvest pitchers this year okay and really show women you know doing the work what's and the so uh instagram i suggest handle. checking it out uh okay. it's it's the same a w a a w w a wine <laughs> wait i have to write it down now. <laughs> a w a w a-W-W-A-W-I-N-E. So All right. A-W... <laughs> listen. Listen closely. A-W-W-A-W-I-N-E. Wine. Okay. Yep. Like I said, I'll post it. <laughs> um, so 
I will uh, post it and I will also remind people to check out the Instagram page because there's going to be a lot of activity due to harvest. Fair? Yes. Good. Good luck with that. All right. We do a thing called the wine list. Every guest on the show from the beginning, we've done over a couple hundred of these, do the wine list. It's five questions. We ask everybody the same five questions. We like to see what our friends and guests on the show are drinking. So I'm going to ask you the first question. What are you drinking now besides maybe tasting your wines and seeing how they're doing? What other stuff do you like to drink? What's in the fridge? What's on the table? Well, on the table in front of me is It doesn't have to be this. Okay, so (laughs) cider. So you like cider? Yeah. um, Okay. I'm actually a glutard, so I cannot do wheat products. So when I go to breweries, I always choose cider. Um, Perfect. And I'm drinking a two-town cider house uh, cider. It's called Made Marion, and it is uh, Marionberry. Wow. It's fantastic. But I'm also drinking a Watoma Springs uh, Sauve Blanc I have in the refrigerator right now that I'm pretty excited about. Can you spell Watoma for me? Yeah, it's W-A-T-U-T-O-M-A. Hmm. Watoma Springs Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. All right, those are good ones. Off to also a good made start. by a, a very awesome uh, woman winemaker here in Washington State, Jessica Munell. Uh, what's her last name? Munell. Okay. Um off to a good start. Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite wine and food pairing? Probably not something you eat every week, every month, but, you know, what's just awesome when you have it and you've had it more than a bunch of times? Um, what if it was just one time that is a really great time? That works. So it's a little self-serving. Uh, That's but okay. We, we bottled last month. You know, my okay. first my first bottling of my own wine. And afterwards, I sat on the patio at our house with all of my friends that helped me bottle. And we drank all of the low-fill bottles of um, Sangiovese with uh, carne asada that my life partner was uh, cooking on the barbecue. Mm. And the situation, the food, the wine, it was... The best pairing. So it turns out wine and food pairings, besides being awesome pairings, are also about who you're with and where you are. Absolutely. And we have another question where that plays into, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is your Sangio, is it typical Tuscan, you know, big full body? Is it more restrained? How would you describe it? Um, I'd say that it is complex but at the same time really easy drinking um it it has a good long finish it has a a little bit medium body and um it's very fruit forward with a good spice on the mid palate sounds good um all right third question If and when you have the time, and I know that may be crazy because of COVID and launching, you know, your side project, do you have any favorite wine restaurants and our bars? Is there any place in the area where they have a cool selection, whether it's Washington wines, out of town, you know, cool people, nice environment, they do it well? Anything come to mind? Well, We are in the middle of kind of nowhere as far as uh, food goes. But we did get really lucky in this last... Actually, I think they opened right before COVID hit. It's called the Wine Social, and it's actually in Richland. Oh, really? Right by you. It's absolutely fantastic. They have a great uh, relationship with a lot of local winemakers, and they also, you know... They import some stuff here and some stuff there. And so you can always learn something new and taste something new and taste something from down the road. So 
answer this question. So besides being desperate for anything, just because you said you're a little out of the way, put that aside for a second. Wine Social is doing a pretty good job and what you should do anyway, right? Absolutely, yeah. So then it sounds very cool. So that's Wine Social. That's what we really needed here. Good. I'm sure that'll be uh, vigorously supported. Um, All right, fourth question. Favorite all-time wine? I always tell my guests when I initially structured this, it was sort of like, Tiffany, what was the most expensive rare wine you ever had? Sort of don't care about that. What I care about is, Tiffany, what's that one wine that was important to you, you know, that meant something, that changed things, that opened your eyes, you know, was who you were with or first time you had it or influenced, you know, what you do. Can you think of a wine? Yes. You know, that was important to you? Let me hear. Yes. Um, So like I said, I didn't actually like wine when I decided I wanted to be in the wine industry. Right. And we used to go on weekly tastings for that intro to Washington Wines course and we went to Paradiso del Sol. It's a micro boutique vineyard and winery in Zilla. And the first wine I had was the 2004 Riesling. And it was the very first wine I ever enjoyed. And it blew my mind. And I realized like at that moment, like this is the kind of control that you have if you're the producer and the maker and you can you can make wine that you want to drink and of course wow. when you first when you first start drinking a lot of time it is a riesling but it was a dry riesling that I still prefer I was going to ask you was it a drier one yeah. um and that wasn't the first time you had riesling was it um or very early no, on, right? I don't think so, but it was the first one that made me go, this is what I want to do with my life. Right. You could see that they made something, you know, out of it. Now, are they still around and do they still make Riesling? Yep, they do. Um, still that's good? That's actually the vineyard that I got um, my Shannon and my Semion out of um, ah. this last year. Great. They're still really, really small and it's just a husband and wife that run the place. Um, if you could, would you make Riesling if you had access to grapes? Yeah, I think I would. I love working with Riesling. It's really yeah. fun. It's, you know, like I said, I've been doing a few hundred episodes of the show. It, two things I've come across. It's a psalm favorite, like no other wine. Just sommeliers love it. And it's definitely still underappreciated. Absolutely. And the third thing is it's mis misperceived. You know, people think of it as this, you know, sweet thick wine, which it's certainly not. I mean, that exists. All right. Last question. So the question is best wine around 15 bucks, recommend a red and a white. The setup has always been, you know, I have kids in their twenties and they're going to a party and they can't bring, you know, a crappy $10 supermarket wine, but they can't afford 40 bucks. Um, so how do you show up with a gift or at a dinner party and dazzle, for 15, 18, 22 bucks. So that's the question. Let's put it in the context of find me the values in Washington state, and it can include your wines. Well, mine are just barely out of that price range, um, but I still think very, very good price. Um, yeah, well, you're right <laughs> there. So which ones? I mean, all of them or some are. Uh, Uh, Our wines, we set a $25 a bottle price. Okay. So that's that's sort of there. You know, like like we said, you have a Sangiovese, um, you know, you have the Shannon, so you have the reds and the whites and all that. Anything else come to mind? I mean, what are the good values in Washington? You know, you have all these multi-hundred dollar big cabs, but, you know, to fit in my request, what, can you think of anything else? Um. Well, the one thing that I've been really excited about this year is um, Smack Wines out of Walla Walla. Um, okay. Fiona, Fiona Mack, she does all rosés, um, and she kind of um, does one for each season. And, Different varietals? Yeah. Very cool. And it's they're very well-priced, and they're 
amazing. Um, so I know you, that hers are right around $18, I think. Um, perfect. Maybe not all of them, but. Yeah, but that's the range. You, yeah. you skillfully answered that question with one answer because <laughs> rosé is red and white. So you put yourself in the middle. <laughs> so that's a good one. And um, I believe you. If she, you say she's making these cool wines, you know. Thank you for the shout-out for her wines. All right, great job. Like I said, um, I'm going to post your answers um, on our social media, you know, and I'm also going to, uh, you know, give them other information, which I want to ask you about. Um, we got to wrap things up. Let me do a quick wrap-up, and then I want to get some info from you. So if you have a question, suggestion, wine happening, or event, hit me up at samatthegrapenation.com. That's samatthegrapenation.com. Subscribe. Please subscribe when you subscribe. The show shows up every week to the Grape Nation podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Facebook at The Grape Nation. On Instagram, we're at SBenRuby. On Twitter, we're at BenRuby, B-E-N-R-U-B-I. I know that's confusing, but you can always use the hashtag, The Grape Nation, um, both to get to us. Um, like I said, I'll post Tiffany's wine list, some cool answers there on our social media sites. So, Tiffany, this is where we go over it again, um, where people can get in touch with you. So let's start with... Um, personal. Do you have any personal social media accounts you want to promote? Um, I'm at Punchdown Princess on Instagram. Um, All right. So that's you, right? Yep. That's me. Now, what about Brainstorm? It's at Brainstorm Sellers on Instagram. And we both have have a Punchdown Princess Facebook page and a um, Facebook page for Brainstorm Sellers as well. Okay. Um, and let's do this again. If people want more interest or want to help with the Alliance, um, where do they go? A W W A W I N E dot org. So here's what I'm Google the Alliance of women in Washington wine. So here's what I'm going to do. If you want more information on the Alliance, go to a w w a wine. Now, did you say dot org? Dot org. Yep. Okay. Um, um, so you can get more information there. And like I said, I hope things really, you know, get going and, you know, you become a force there and, you know, you really make that mark. Um, so stay at that. All right. I want to thank our guest, Tiffany Britton. Um, a lot of interesting stuff going on in her backyard. Um, I want to thank our engineer, Armin, and everyone at the Heritage Radio Network. Stay tuned for a new season coming up in September. It's not that far away. I'm Sam Ben Ruby, and you've been listening to The Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network. The Grape Nation is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio you can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.